Welcome back, everyone. It's Chip and Eric opening a cold can, a frosty can of the Bible for you today. Yep. Hope you enjoy it. It's yeah. nice and tasty. It's going to be amazing. And it's going to be tasty on day 285. And we are going to read Job 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. Yes. It's warm out. Yeah. Did you know that? It's warm out. I didn't know that. Like, it's not, it's not, it's not mm. hot. Okay. It's kind of like warm out. Oh, okay. Like hot air sort of thing. Hot air. Yeah, I don't okay. know. Maybe Job's friends are out there. I had people come to me yesterday asking me about the cows. I forgot all about that episode. <laughs> yes. But certain people did not, I yes. guess. Yeah. yeah. Seemed like... Uh, That's interesting. What's his name? Uh, I forget his name. Shoot. He was getting on me about it. I told him I'd leave him For alone sure. from now on. I just can't remember what his name right, was. We'll figure it out yeah. one of these days. Absolutely. Something like that. Crazy yeah. stuff out there. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Let's get to it. All right. We got the Job. Then Job spoke again. Mm -hmm. I've heard this all before. What miserable comforters you are. Won't you ever stop blowing hot air? What makes you keep on talking? I could say the same things if you were in my place. I could spout off criticism and shake my head at you. But if it were me, I would encourage you. I would try to take away your grief. Instead, I suffer if I defend myself, and I suffer no less if I refuse to speak. Oh, God, you have ground, ground me down and devastated my family. As if to prove I've sinned, you've reduced me to skin and bones. My gaunt flesh testifies against me. God hates me and angrily tears me apart. He snaps his teeth at me and pierces me with his eyes. People jeer and laugh at me. They slap my cheek in contempt. A mob gathers against me. God has handed me over to sinners. He has tossed me into the hands of the wicked. I was living quietly until he shattered me. He took me by the neck and broke me in pieces. Then he set me up as his target, and now his archers surround me. His arrows pierce me without mercy. The ground is wet with my blood. Again and again he smashes against me, charging at me like a warrior. I wear burlap to show my grief. My pride lies in the dust. My eyes are red with weeping. Dark shadows circle my eyes, yet I have done no wrong, and my prayer is pure. O earth, do not conceal my blood. Let it cry out on my behalf. Even now my witness is in heaven. My advocate is there on high. My friends, scorn, my friends scorn me, but I pour out my tears to God. I need someone to meditate, mediate between God and me, as a person mediates between friends. For soon I must go down that road from which I will never return. My spirit is crushed and my life is nearly snuffed out. The grave is ready to receive me. I am surrounded by mockers. I watch how bitterly they taunt me. You must defend my innocence, O God, since no one else will stand up for me. You have closed their minds to understanding, but do not let them triumph. They betray their friends for their own advantage, so let their children faint with hunger. God has made a mockery of me among the people. They spit in my face. My eyes are swollen with weeping, and I am but a shadow of my former self. The virtuous are horrified when they see me. The innocent rise up against the ungodly. The righteous keep moving forward, and those with clean hands become stronger and stronger. As for all of you, come back with a better argument. Though I still won't find a wise man among you, my days are over. My hopes have disappeared. My heart's desires are broken. These men say that night is day. They claim that the darkness is light. What if I go to the grave and make my bed in darkness? And what if, the, if I call the grave my father and the maggot my mother or my sister? Where then is my hope? Can anyone find it? No. My hope will go down with me to the grave. We will rest together in the dust. Then Bildad the Shuhite replied by saying this. How long before you stop talking? Speak sense if you want us to answer. Do you think we are mere animals? Do you think we are stupid? You may tear out your hair in anger, but will that destroy the earth? 
Will it make the rocks tremble? Surely the light of the wicked will be snuffed out. The sparks of their fire will not glow. The light of their tent will grow dark. The lamp hanging above them will be quenched. The confident stride of the wicked will be shortened. Their own schemes will be their downfall. The wicked will walk into a net. They fall into a pit. A trap grabs them by the heel. A snare holds them tight. A noose lies hidden on the ground. A rope is stretched across their path. Terrors surround the wicked and trouble them at every step. Hunger depletes their strength, and calamity waits for them to stumble. Disease eats their skin, death devours their limbs. They are torn from the security of their homes and are brought down to the king of terrors. The homes of the wicked will burn down, burning sulfur rains on their houses. Their roots will dry up and their branches will wither. All memory of their existence will fade from the earth. No one will remember their names. They will be thrust from the light into darkness, driven from the world. They will have neither children nor grandchildren, nor any survivor in the place where they lived. People in the West are appalled by at their fate. People in the East are horrified. They will say, this was the home of a wicked person, the place of one who rejected God. Then Job spoke again, how long will you torture me? How long will you try to crush me with your words? You've already insulted me ten times. You should be ashamed of treating me so badly. Even if I have sinned, that is my concern, not yours. You think you're better than I am, using my humiliation as evidence of my sin. But it is God who has wronged me, capturing me in his net. I cry out, help, but no one answers me. I protest, but there is no justice. God has blocked my way, so I cannot move. He has plunged my path into darkness. He has stripped me of my honor and removed the crown from my head. He, had demo he has demolished me on every side, and I'm finished. He has uprooted my hope like a fallen tree. He... His fury burns against me. He counts me as, his, as an enemy. His troops advance. They build up roads to attack me. They camp all around my tent. My relatives stay far away, and my friends have turned against me. My family is gone, and my close friends have forgotten me. My servants and maids consider me a stranger. I am like a foreigner to them. When I call my servant, he doesn't come. I have to plead with him. My breath is repulsive to my wife. I am rejected by my own family. Even young children despise me. When I stand to speak, they turn their backs on me. My close friends detest me. Those I loved have turned against me. I have been reduced to skin and bones and have escaped death by the skin of my teeth. Have mercy on me, my friends. Have mercy, for the hand of God has struck me. Must you also persecute me like God does? Haven't you chewed me up enough? Oh, that my words could be recorded. Oh, that they could be inscribed on a monument, carved with an iron chisel and filled with lead, engraved forever in the rock. But as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and he will stand up, stand upon the earth at last. And after my body has decayed, yet in my body I will see God. I will see him for myself. Yes, I will see him with my own eyes. I am overwhelmed at the thought. How dare you go on persecuting me, saying, It's his own fault. You should fear punishment yourselves, for your attitude deserves punishment. Then you will know there is indeed a judgment. Then so far, the Namathite replied, saying, I must reply, because I'm greatly disturbed. I've had to endure your insults, but now my spirit prompts me to reply. Don't you realize that from the beginning of time, ever since people were first placed on the earth, the triumph of the wicked has been short-lived, and the joy of the godless has been only temporary? Though the pride of the godless reaches to the heavens, and their heads touch the clouds, yet they will vanish forever, thrown away like their own dung. Those who knew them will ask, where are they? 
They will fade like a dream and not be found. They will vanish like a vision in the night. Those who once saw them will see them no more. Their families will never see them again. Their children will beg from the poor, for they must give back their stolen riches. Though they are young, their bones will lie in the dust. They enjoy the sweet taste of wickedness, letting it melt under their tongue. They savored it, holding it long in their mouths, but suddenly the food in their bellies turned sour, a poisonous venom in their stomach. They will vomit the wealth they swallowed. God won't let them keep it down. They will suck the poison of cobras. The viper will kill them. They will never again join, enjoy streams of olive oil or rivers of milk and honey. They will give back everything they work for. Their wealth will bring them no joy, for they oppressed the poor and let them de left them destitute. They foreclosed on their homes. They were always greedy and never satisfied. Nothing remains of all the things they dreamed about. Nothing is left after they finish gorging themselves. Therefore, their prosperity will not endure. In the midst of plenty, they will run into trouble and be overcome by misery. May God give them a belly full of trouble. May God rain down his anger upon them. When they try to escape an iron weapon, a bronze-tipped arrow will pierce them. The arrow is pulled back, is pulled from their back, and the arrowhead glistens with blood. The terrors of death are upon them. Their treasures will be thrown into deepest darkness. A wildfire will devour their goods, consuming all they have left. The heavens will reveal their guilt, and the earth will testify against them. A flood will sweep away their house. God's anger will descend on them in torrents. This is the reward that God gives the wicked. It is the inheritance decreed by God. And, and that, that is, is our reading, reading today. today. Hmm. And we read that mm -hmm. very sunny and cheerful passage oh. with... What? You didn't think that was cheerful? I thought it was extremely cheerful. Not, uh, no way. Uh, just like, Not even close. Wow, we're going to get shot with bronze-tipped arrows. Yeah, yeah. You can pull them out of our backs. It's going to mm -hmm. be amazing. Mm -hmm. I thought it was great. Mm -hmm. Very. Anyway, we read that with two questions in mind. The first question, of course, being, what does it tell us about God? And then also, what does it tell us about ourselves? So, Chip, what does it tell us about God? Homie. Um, homie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, uh... Wow, there. This again. I mentioned this. Job is, Job is a tough one for me. Yeah. To, to to answer that question, um, but uh, as I was thinking through this, so, I mean, Job. How do I say this? He, like, he blamed God. Yeah. Like he was, he was just like laying laying it out on God. Yeah. You know, and I read that, I'm like, what are you doing? Don't do that. What's going on? Yeah. But he's only doing what a lot of us yes. want to do mm -hmm. if we don't do it. And some of us do it because we know that God can handle it, <laughs> even though it might not be true. But he, he just does it. But I love where it gets to, um, as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives. Yeah, amen. He will stand up on the earth at last. And after my body has been decayed, yet in my body I will see God. Mm -hmm. I will see him for myself. I'll see him for, with my own eyes. I'm overwhelmed at the thought. You know, that eternal perspective of seeing God outweighs all the anguish and depression that we go through at times here on earth. And we will go through it. It's, I mean, these are difficult days, crazy days, tough yes. times for many of us. You know, just uh, the events around the world just escalated with what's happening with Israel and it's crazy. all that's going on there. It's just we need that eternal perspective and we're going to we're going to be um, have times of despair and discouragement, you know, and uh, 
he had the audacity to lay it out to God like that. I, I don't know. I feel that way sometimes. I don't know. Sometimes I'll, 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 I'll say some things. I'll be quick like, sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, and he'll get his moment. You he know, does. We know. He yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But I like he had his moment here. And he, and he, he, you know, even though he got to the point where he was just really honest with God, he was really honest with God. And, and he knows that his Redeemer lives and that he's going to be in a good place at the end of the day. And got to a good place here so i'll say it that way yeah but there's no it's not christian clean statement but yeah yeah i think uh so i was going to talk about that too about him blaming god look when something is big and not understandable to our finite minds and way bigger than our scope of vision we like the like the problem of evil, right? Like we look at evil and we're like, oh man, this is such a big, massive thing. We can't solve it. None of us can solve it. None of us can even really fully fathom it, how deep the depths of evil are in this world because of sin, right? So what happens is sometimes we look at that big, abstract, deep issue and we point at it and we say, oh, there's God, you know? And we confuse another big abstract entity and we blame God for things that we don't understand instead of blaming evil for things that we don't understand. So like none of us would say God is evil. No one's going to say that. But And Job wouldn't have said that. <laughs> but what Job is doing is he's, he's laying at the feet of God what was done by evil, this entity of evil, which mm-hmm. is Satan in this mm-hmm. case, right? Mm-hmm. All because he didn't understand, all because his perspective was too small. And I think that is one of the important things about reading scripture. We talk about the importance of reading scripture all the time because that's what we do. But, you know, one of the importances of important uh, factors in reading scripture is that we start to understand, okay, this can't be God because God would never do this, right? Like if anyone is tempted, let him not say he's tempted by God, right? Because God is not tempted by evil, nor uh, will he tempt anyone. So like we know that that's not from God. And so like and that's a New Testament verse. It's from the book of James, I think, or maybe First John. Um, it's James. It's James 1, I think. And But like we blame God because we don't understand where it's coming from. So we just default back to, well, I don't understand God either, so this must be God. You know, we have to be so careful to know the character of God. God would never do these things that Job's experiencing. Mm. He would never do them. And if if Job knew God better, he would know that. Mm. You know, so, um, and his friends certainly don't understand God either. They're laying things, mm-hmm. you know, like they, they're blaming things too. And it's just, it's crazy. So I, I think we have the opportunity to do that, which is why it's a New Testament concept. Don't blame do. God when you're tempted. Don't yeah. blame God when you go through hard things. Right. It's not God. God yeah. wouldn't do that, so thought hmm. yeah it's a good yeah. thought it's a lot there good thought there is a lot there it's a lot there but. yeah there is a lot there so i think evil i think what you're saying there maybe you didn't say it but i'll i can add on to yeah it. please do um evil wants us to blame god absolutely and it look it makes to make it look like it's his fault that he's behind all this and that's why a lot of times when you're trying to reach someone from the lord you know it's answering that question why does a good God allow evil yeah. things to uh-huh. happen to good people? You know, and so that's because that they they believe that lie that the evil one wants them to have, so that they don't go to God, exactly, or they right. blame God, or they turn from God. Yeah, which is what Satan said he was going to get Job to do. That's in true. The whole first place. Yeah. yeah, and so when he makes this statement, you know, my redeemer lives. You know, uh, I will. 
you know, and so yet I know my just redeemer like, lives. Yeah, it's like okay, he mm. comes to the good place. So the evil one's probably like, oh darn, I had yeah. him. Go back to that part. Yeah, with go the back. Arrows. Yeah, go back. <laughs> yeah. Go back to the archers. Yeah. yeah. No, totally true. Okay. Thanks for squaring that circle for me. Yep. Hey, thanks for joining us today, everybody. No problem. It was very good. I hope you join us tomorrow as we continue through the I'll book of Job. We're getting I'll close to the New Testament. It's crazy. Yeah, so invite friends and family and make a commitment to get back to it or get on it or have people join you with it. Yeah. So It's amazing. We'll see stuff. you there. Okay. Bye.